Well, here we are at the end of another month. This month, for our visitors and guests, we've gone through a series of looking at the past, the present, and the future. Uh, But today, we're going to focus in on being thankful for those things, being thankful for the past, being thankful for our present, and being thankful for the future that is to come. And as we come into Thanksgiving, uh, just in a few days, it's just around the corner, I got to thinking about thankfulness. Uh, You know, when we have Thanksgiving with my wife's family, and we're all sitting around the table gaining weight, her dad always asks each of us to share what we're thankful for. And we're not allowed to say things like more stuffing or the desserts. It's, it's deep. It's got some depth to it. And so we, we start to share some of the things we're thankful for. And I got to thinking about that, and I thought, you know, I just want to share with you all some things that I'm thankful for uh, here in the present and as I look to the future. Um, I thought it was fitting that we just take some time and, and be thankful. And so before we get started, I want you to know that I am thankful that God saw fit in his plan to include me. I'm thankful for his forgiveness. I'm thankful for salvation, and that's only found in Jesus, and I'm thankful for those things. I'm thankful for my family, uh, for my amazing wife who works hard and strives to make a difference in the lives of her students, and she also supports the late nights and early mornings and the various times away from my family that ministry requires. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for my son, Dylan. I don't know why God chose to bless you with diabetes, except that maybe he knew you would be using it to be an exception and to bless others because of it, rather than to use it as an excuse to simply exist and and get by. I'm thankful for Huntsville, Alabama. And that's tough to say because when I woke up this morning, first off, I always said I would never leave Florida. And here I am now five years in Huntsville, almost six uh, this morning, it was 28 degrees at my house, and in Florida, I looked and it was 68, which means that by now, it's like 74 in Florida, and it's still 33, I think, here. Uh, but I'm thankful for Huntsville, Alabama. I'm thankful for a church in Huntsville, Alabama that has accepted my family, that is willing to try new things and to reach into a community that needs to know the life-changing gospel message of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for elders that allow mistakes and offer wisdom. And I'm thankful for elders who pray for their congregation and who support their church staff with biblical concepts and accountabilities. I'm thankful for the people that came to this city 50 years ago. And as Mr. Ramey had said at our birthday celebration last week, they got uncomfortable for Jesus. I'm thankful for that. And they did things they'd never done before. And I mean, more than just teaching Sunday school or volunteering, they had to learn things like laws and legal stuff to start a church. And they stepped out of their comfort zone, and I'm so thankful that they did. But as I started thinking about all those things that I'm thankful for, I have to be honest with you. When I think about the past, and I think about the present, and I think about the future, on most days I'm weirded out by it. I told you last week, if you were here, how I used to feel about the future. It used to scare me because of the uncertainties, because God was not part of my present. And I shared that with you. Um, But because Christ is in me now, I'm good with what the future brings. But to be brutally honest with you, I'm not really thankful for my past. I've had some conversations with some folks in the last few weeks, and and it got me thinking about some of this. I'm, I'm 42 years old, and that doesn't bother me, by the way. But for the first 22 or so of those years, I was just less than average as a citizen. 
Those early years of my life were riddled with bad choices and confusion and anger and sometimes even hatred. And people say to me, but, but because of your past, you have such a great testimony, you have such a great story. And I say, eh, I have a lot of stories. And I have a testimony of how great our God is. That is very true. But I don't necessarily think that I have a great story. And I want to be very clear about something right now, though, because I think the best testimony that you can have, and, and, and this is one of the things I want to lead into today, the best testimony you can have for your past, your present, or your future, and young people, I want you to hear this because it's Family Sunday. The best testimony you can have, in my opinion, is how you put God first early on in life. There is no better testimony than a testimony of purity and innocence and striving to honor God every day of your life. Don't sell yourself short on that. But because there's some things you need to understand about our world. People in our world will try to take things from you. Kids and adults alike. As you grow up, people will try and take things from you. But one of the things that they cannot take away from you is your foundation. You see, what you build your life on right now is what you will live your life on as you get older. They can't take your foundation. Kids, if your foundation is built on Jesus Christ, you're like the wise man who built his house on the rock, on on solid foundation. And when the rains came and the storms of life sent floodwaters that seemed too high to endure, your house will stand firm. You will be okay. If you honor God, no matter what, you will be just fine. However, if the foundation of your life is the things of this world, when the, when the trouble storms come and the floodwaters rise, your foundation will crumble every single time and you will find yourself continually rebuilding on a weak foundation. Here at Huntsville Christian Church and in Christ, we can be thankful for our past because he is our foundation. And he's a sure foundation When we look in the Bible and we see how from the very beginning, God wants us to be with him. The garden was created as paradise. It was perfect. It was a great place to be with God from the start. But then Adam and Eve sinned. And we begin a journey as you look through scripture. We begin a journey of of, um, just the past, the present and the future where man continually does dumb things. And God continually forgives And the exciting thing is this. We may have messed up the physical paradise, but we can't mess up what God is preparing for us spiritually in eternity. That's our future. We can't mess that up. Now, listen, we can miss out on that. Make no mistake. You can miss out on eternity in paradise with Jesus Christ. But once we get there, even we can't mess it up. It's going to be amazing. And that's the future. That's where we're headed. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you. I thank you that we can come. I thank you that that we have your word to guide us. We have your word to show how you have patience and and long-suffering for us. And and just you wait and, and you forgive and you call us back. Lord, I thank you for that so much. And I pray right now that that as we look at our future that we can also look back to our past and regardless of where we came from, know and be thankful for our past because at some point it has brought us to you. I pray that we can be thankful for our present, for every single day that you give us, that we can take it as the gift that it is and we can do something fabulous with it for you. 
And I pray that we'll be thankful for the future because ultimately, as we live to honor you, our future is going to be an amazing time in eternity with you. I pray that you'll just open our hearts to think on these things in our minds. And, and as we leave here later today, that you will help us to live these things with gratitude and thanksgiving. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen. Now, you heard me say earlier, I'm not real thankful for my past, but I want you to know that I'm very thankful that God brought me through it. Just like he brought the Israelites through the wilderness, that he, he brought King David through different sins. Uh, I'd also like to say that if I knew then what I know now, I would go back and do it all differently. But the reality is, if I knew then what I know now, I would go back and probably do it all over just the same way. You laugh, but I think you do the same thing. I know I'm right because every day when we live in our present, we get the opportunity to do things differently. But the reality is most days we repeat the same mistakes over and over and over. That's what our sin is. And that's why it's called missing the mark, because it may not be a horrible, blasphemous thing. But when we miss these marks, when we continue to live in our present and not make it better than our yesterday, we're doing the same thing. You don't believe me without a show of hands, because I don't want to you know, guilt anybody out. How many of you this week were texting and driving at some point? And that counts at being at the red light, being not focused on what you're doing. I know who you are because some of you sent me those messages. <laughs> Headed to work while you texted me. <laughs> Text me when you get there. And you know what? We'll do it again tomorrow. How many of you slipped up with a less than average word yesterday while your team fumbled the football or didn't quite get to the goal line? Yeah, you'll do it again today. One of you just said it right now in your head. Oh, he caught me. <laughs> Seriously, though, no matter what your past was, you should be thankful for it. Because if you learned from it, then you will learn, if nothing else, to be thankful in your present. You will learn that every single day is something that God has given us to do better than we did the day before. And if you want to continue to be thankful for your past, you will live your present better than you did in your past. And you will see that we can be thankful for our present because God will sustain us if we're faithful. Here's what I mean. We can be thankful for our present because God has blessed our current situation. If you are here today, if you have clothes on, if you got here, if you're listening to this sermon on the Internet, you have been blessed beyond what most people in our world know as a blessing. Just on those things. God has blessed our current situation. As individuals and as a church, he has blessed us by sustaining us. If your bills are paid, even if they're paid a week late, they're still paid. You're still blessed. You're still being sustained. He is sustaining his church in a couple of different ways. One, he is going to sustain his church physically in the present. And for that, we should be thankful. And as long as we follow his leading, he will sustain us spiritually for our present, which is right this minute. And if we all live out the Great Commission in our lives, in our present days, if every day we live out the Great Commission, he will not only sustain us spiritually and physically, but he will sustain us numerically. He will add to this number. My mom used to say that we can't outgive God, we can't outlove God, and we can't outlive God. I thought that might be a sermon someday. But I want you to know something. I think that we can live out loud for God. But it takes us leaving here and telling people, living your present by telling people about God who's given you the greatest gift ever. Live out loud for God. 
We can also give until there's nothing left. God is going to sustain you. I don't know where you're at financially. I don't know what you're going through when you look at the coming season of Christmas and who you have to buy for and all the things you have to do to get ready for the parties and the company parties and the gift exchanges and the secret Santas and all that stuff. I don't know what you have to do, but I know this. If you honor God and you're giving first, he will sustain you through the madness that is Black Friday. Now, you may have to budget, but he'll sustain you. Cut his out first. Set aside and you'll be amazed at how you're sustained by God in your present. We can give until there's nothing left. And the coolest thing is we can't outlive God. We, we get that. But you know what? We can live eternally with him in heaven. And that's what I look forward to. That's the future that I long for. But I can tell you this, how we live in our present day will determine how we spend eternity. Now, some of you may think, well, but I'm Christian, I'm baptized, I'm a believer. The Bible says I'm going to heaven. Yep, and it also says you're going to be accountable for everything we've done. I don't know what that looks like. I can't wait to get beyond the accountable part and get into the eternity part, though. And it's just something to get you thinking in the right direction. But my suggestion is that we live each day in the present to honor God, no matter what everyone else chooses to do. All you have to do is honor him. If you honor God in your present and you will be thankful for your future, even in times of uncertainty, because he will sustain you. And when you're thankful for the future, even though we may not know for sure what what the direction is, we're going to follow God. I want you to know here at Huntsville Christian Church, we're not quite sure what the direction is, but we're going to follow God in the future. Now, I say that, but you need to also understand to say that we may not know the direction is not to say that we are lost or without vision. OK, understand that it, it simply means we're not sure of the route. The Israelites were headed to the promised land, but only God knew how they would get there and when. OK, they knew they were going to a land that flowed with milk and honey. But, but it was by God's leading and God's timing. And I got to thinking about all this with Huntsville Christian Church turning 50 last week and with a new year just around the corner. Folks, I need to prepare you for something. And this is what most Christians don't like. We are going to go through a season of change, whether you like it or not. As we go through this season, I want you to know that we're going to do some things differently. You may have experienced some of that already. I said last week, our new goal is that the next 10 years will be like our first 10 years in this city ever. Like we're brand new. We want to impact the city. We want to reach out. We want to do things. And in order to do that, we're going to change some things. But as we, as we begin to do some things differently, I want you to understand we will do our best to give you an ample heads up of any permanent changes. Okay. Uh, for example, here, here's an ample heads up right here. So you can't say later, you never told us. Here it is. Our mission, our vision statement, win, commit, grow, and go. It's getting a bit of a facelift. In reality, it's getting a lot of a facelift. <laughs> I've taken the essence of those things of win, commit, grow, and go. We've done them so well for the last 50 years. And, and I've given it a bit of a facelift. I've, I've wrapped it up into a new package 
It's called loving boldly, connecting unselfishly, serving humbly, sharing unconditionally, and maintaining unity of the Spirit. In its simplest form, it's love, connect, serve, share, unite. That's what we're called to do. That's how we're going to reach into this community, and those are the tools that we're going to do it with. Other things are going to be more subtle. Um, As we change some things, though, when you notice that there's a difference, I want you to do me a favor. And, and this comes from the series from where I, I preached on the past and the present and the Israelites. Uh, do me a favor. When you notice that something's different, please don't be like the Israelites when they were looking for water on day three of their journey and they began to grumble amongst themselves. Don't do that. Okay? Give us feedback. Be nice. But give us feedback. Please don't write unsigned anonymous notes that say, I don't like what this did on this Sunday, because we can't address that. We can't do anything with it. But don't grumble. We want feedback. We want to know as we're impacting this community, as we're doing things, that we're doing them well and that we're honoring God with them. And so we do want opinions and we do want feedback. We want to know what people are passionate about. It's okay to let us know that you don't understand something. It's okay to say, I need a little bit more clarification one more caveat, though. Don't do it on a Sunday morning, right before we have to teach, the elders have to teach a Sunday school class, or right before I have to come up and preach, because the chances are we won't remember it. And then later you're going to come back and go, well, I came and talked to you. <laughs> it was 10 minutes before church started. I missed that. Give us some time. But we want feedback. We want to know that if we make these steps in our community, that we're able to encourage you to encourage others so that we can go out and do those things. I want to offer just a quick thought about our future and about our past and our present and being thankful for all those things and kind of tying it all up together. And it has to do with turning 50. Has anyone here ever turned 50? Go ahead, raise your hand. You can do this. I thought you all were much younger crowd. (laughs) Um, Just kidding. As you turn 50, there's good news about turning 50. In, In the Bible... The Israelites, the concept of turning 50 was, was the, the year of Jubilee. It was a special year of remission of sins. It was a universal pardon. So I can't wait till I hit 50 because then I get forgiven for all the stupid stuff I've done. Uh, but according to the book of Leviticus, a Jubilee year is mentioned to occur every 50th year. And in that year, slaves become free. Debts would be forgiven. And the mercies of God would be particularly manifest. I thought, man, that's, that's even, it just ties up our whole celebration of past, present, future, and, and turning 50. You see, as we transition into being thankful for our future, I think it's fitting that we look at this as not just turning 50, but it's our year of jubilee. It's our year of starting over. It's our year of coming fresh into this community and saying, hey, No matter what you may think you know about Huntsville Christian Church, it's all new. It's all different. Debt was forgiven. Now, now as much as I would like for them to, our government is not going to forgive our debt just because we turn 50. We still have to pay the mortgage on the building. You still have to pay your student loans, okay? And maybe, though, the debt you need to forgive... Is, is maybe a grievance towards somebody or, or an apology that you need to ask for. Maybe as we turn 50, we need to look into our community. Maybe we need to look in with ourselves. We need to start fresh. Open yourselves up to be young again, starting with year one. 
You know, I think about freedom restored. That's what the year Jubilee was for the Israelites. Freedom restored. Slaves being set free. And most of us aren't slaves to anyone. But we are slaves to our sin. And I don't just mean the sins that everybody knows about. I mean the secret sins that nobody knows. And we're slaves to our selfishness too. Let's make turning 50 as individuals and as a church a true year of jubilee. Some of us have already begun celebrating that. We've had three baptisms already. Three lives changed through baptism. That's the way you start a year of jubilee. That's the way you start to impact a community. Let's be thankful for the future. It's a year of jubilee. Everything has a fresh start. And as we make a fresh start, I'm reminded of Solomon's prayer. His prayer for his people as he consecrated the temple. It was a newly built temple. This temple was a big deal. You you know, what you need to know is that God agreed to the temple as a dwelling place for him on earth at that time. And Solomon went to great lengths to know that it was built to the best of their abilities. I want to share some things with you. Uh, This is from 1 Kings 8. And it's after Solomon had the ark of the Lord brought into the temple. And he prays. And, And I love this because the Bible says that he was on his knees with his arms out. And he prays this prayer through, ver- through chapter 8 in 1 Kings. And he prays and then he addresses the people. And so this is this address to the people. It's kind of like the prayer after the prayer. And I, and I want to make some transitions with this because I want it to be a prayer, our prayer, over Huntsville Christian Church. When Solomon had finished praying this entire prayer and supplication to the Lord, he arose from before the altar of the Lord, from kneeling on his knees with his hands spread toward heaven, and he stood and blessed all the assembly of Israel with a loud voice, saying, Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel. According to all that he promised, not one word has failed of all his good promise, which he promised through Moses his servant. Thank you, Lord, for giving us peace in your promises and hope in your words. Thank you for not failing us. Thank you for your good promise of salvation, forgiveness, restoration, and eternity with you. Verse 57, may the Lord our God be with us as he was with our fathers. May he not leave us or forsake us. May you continue to lead us in Huntsville. As you've led those before us, may we follow you faithfully and not cause one another to stumble. That he may incline our hearts to himself to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his ordinances, which he commanded our fathers. May we, in keeping his greatest commandment to love God and love others, May we love boldly here in our community. May we connect unselfishly to those around us, whether at school or at work or at Huntsville Christian Church or in our community and throughout our world. And may these words of mine, with which I have made supplication before the Lord, be near to the Lord our God day and night, that he may maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel as each day requires. May our God maintain the cause of his servants at Huntsville Christian Church. May we serve humbly no matter the call. May we share unconditionally the life-transforming power of the gospel. So that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God. 
There is no one else. And may we strive to maintain unity with one another and with those in our community so that all the people in Huntsville may know that the Lord is God and there is no one else worthy to serve in our past, our present, or our future. Let your heart, therefore, be wholly devoted to the Lord our God and walk in His statutes and to keep His commandments as at this day. And may we be wholly devoted to God. May we show that devotion by loving boldly, connecting unselfishly, serving humbly, sharing unconditionally, and maintaining the unity of the Spirit. May we honor God in the blessing of continued life that He has allowed here at Huntsville Christian Church. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's choose to honor Him by letting go of the past, by living well to honor Him in the present, and being willing to follow Him wherever He leads into the future. Remember those changes I talked about earlier? Here's one of them now. We're going to begin for a season to close out our worship time with a response time. And you've heard me use that word a lot lately. And this is how it works. The goal is for this change that we have a change of heart. We've had a great time of worship through song and, and through giving our gifts, of, our gifts to God through our offering. We've heard his word. And I don't just want us to get up and leave at the end of service anymore. I want us, as we hear the message, I want us to take a time, our response time, if you will, and think about those things. My prayer is that as we come to this response time, that you'll take the time you need to examine yourself against the Word. Reflect back on your week. Remember that that your body is a temple now. During this response time, maybe your response is to clean out the temple, so to speak. And then have a time of communion with God after examining yourself. I want you to take time to pray. Meditate on His Word. Maybe you're at a place right now, as we come to these times of response, that your best response is simply to sing and let the words of the songs that are going to be coming up be your prayer. Take your time to think about what these elements mean. The juice that represents his body, his blood, and the the bread that represents his body. Truly reflect on what Christ has done for you. All of these are appropriate responses. And when you feel that you're ready, feel free to come up to the front and partake of communion. If you need to have someone bring you communion, just raise your hand or, or ask the person next to you. We'll figure that out. But if your response is maybe that you need to be baptized, come forward. Let us know. If you need to pray with someone, the elders are here. We have a quiet place set up just through these doors where you can go and you can pray with somebody. You know, Solomon prepared an elaborate temple for the Lord to dwell in. He brought in cedars from Lebanon, gold, the finest gold. I read that in Scripture that he he had the gold refined so much that it all became as one just to make candlesticks. He had the best cloth. He had the best craftsmen. And it was built with amazing exactness and precision and without the internet. It's amazing. Especially the Holy of Holies. And he didn't build the temple the way he built it so that people could walk in and be impressed and go, look at the stained glass. Look at the gold. He didn't do it to impress the people. 
But he did it for God to dwell in. And God knew that his people from the greatest to the least among them gave their very best for his dwelling place. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians six nineteen through 20, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own, for you have been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. Now he lives in us. He no longer dwells in a temple, but he chooses to dwell in us. What does that say about the places that God chooses to dwell in? We think in earthly terms, we think of gold and cedars from Lebanon. We think of all these great things and who wouldn't want to live there? And God says, I don't because I want to live in you. He lives in us. He chooses us to be his dwelling place. I love what Stephen said to the Sanhedrin about this in Acts chapter 7, verse 46 through 49. He says, David found favor in God's sight, and he asked that he might find a dwelling place for the God of Jacob. But it was Solomon who built a house for him. However, the Most High does not dwell in houses made by human hands, as the prophet says. Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool, is the footstool of my feet. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what place is there for my, my repose? What kind of house indeed? That as we come to this time, this response time, don't just jump up and run forward so you can have communion and just check it off your list, but think on these things. Our body is a temple. As Christians, it is the dwelling place for the Lord Most High, for the Holy Spirit the God of our past, present, and future. And we don't come to this lightly because it is a time where the Bible says we need to examine ourselves. And where we missed the mark yesterday, we need to examine ourselves on that so that tomorrow we don't miss that mark, so that we can get through today through our present and not miss that mark. Will you pray with me? Will you examine yourself on these things? And think on these things and then respond appropriately to God's word. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you for what these emblems mean. The sacrifice that he made for us. I thank you that in your plan, past, present, and future, you thought to include each one of us. Lord, I pray that as we come to this time of response that we'll do just that. We'll think on these things. We'll think on on your son especially, but we'll think on and examine ourselves. That we'll know that our body, which is a temple for your Holy Spirit to dwell in, is clean and ready. I pray, Lord, that you'll forgive us for past mistakes. That you'll wipe that slate clean and that you'll open us up to serve better. I pray that we'll remember these things always and that we will respond accordingly. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.